0: Welcome here Pathway family and anybody else that's taking in the service this morning. This is Easter Sunday and historically a lot of people call it Resurrection Sunday and that's a very very key understanding of what this day really is all about. The resurrection. Now for this morning I want to focus our attention on a key individual during that time. It was an individual who well historically hasn't been treated very well, and certainly even in their day, they were considered to be something along the lines of subhuman. Her name is Mary Magdalene. Now, if you have your Bibles with you, I wanna encourage you to turn with me to John chapter 20. I'm gonna be reading verses one and two, but our study this morning is gonna be going from verse one to 18. So John chapter 20, verses one and two is where I'll be reading. And if you don't know where the book of John is, in the beginning of your Bible, there is a table of contents. People worked really hard to put it there. Don't be ashamed to use it. And lastly, one of the ways we like to show respect for God's word here at Pathways, we do like to stand for the reading of his word. So would you please stand with me as we read John chapter 20 verses one and two. Here's what it says. Early on that first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter, and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you that you are God and we are not. And that in you, we find everything we need for everlasting joy. And as we're studying this morning, looking at your resurrection and what it means for us in this life, I ask Jesus that you would help us to have eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that are open to you this morning. Amen. Well, I already mentioned to you we're going to be talking about Mary Magdalene this morning and, uh, and what we find in this particular story is that Mary Magdalene is this woman who's deeply, deeply committed to Jesus and she is standing outside the tomb crying. You see, Mary had been one of Jesus's closest followers Uh, Jesus had, we need to know this, Jesus had more followers than just the 12 that we're often so focused on. There were a number of women who were part of his ministry as well, part of his inner circle. And these women, their lives had been miraculously changed by Jesus, by an encounter with Jesus. In Luke chapter 8, we're told that Jesus traveled uh, about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God these disciples were with him along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out was with Jesus. And it says that these women were helping to support Jesus and his disciples out of their own means. And so the commitment level that people like Mary Magdalene and these other ladies that they had to Jesus was so significant that whatever funds they had, they were using to be able to support the ministry that Jesus was about doing. And more than likely, Mary Magdalene was probably the same Mary whose brother Lazarus had died and Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. She had a sister named Martha. You may and or may not know a story Uh, regarding Mary and Martha, there's a story where Jesus was visiting them and uh, and Mary sat at Jesus' feet listening to his message. And Martha was getting everything ready for a meal. Now there's a lot of people who look at this story and they say, you know what, if Martha hadn't been getting ready for their meal, nobody gonna eat anything. And Jesus, in response to her, wasn't saying that what she did was evil or anything else like that, but she was doing something good and he just wanted her to do something great. And that great thing was to be spending time with him. Another time, Jesus was reclining at Mary and Martha's home. It was about six days before Jesus's crucifixion. This was in Bethany, Lazarus, the one whom Jesus raised from the dead was there. And we are actually told in this story that the religious leaders wanted to kill Jesus and Lazarus because so many people were beginning to believe in Jesus because of the miracle of Lazarus being raised from the dead, the resurrection Lazarus. Well in this particular story you find that that Mary took about a pint of expensive perfume and she poured it on Jesus feet and she wiped it with her hair. Mary Magdalene uh, very well could have been uh, a significant confidant for Jesus. We know that she was there regularly. She was certainly an incredibly loyal disciple, a very committed disciple. And on Easter morning she is the first person to visit the tomb. She's the one who ran and told Simon, Peter, and John that Jesus' body was missing. After having checked it out for themselves, Peter and John returned to the place that they were staying, the place where they were hiding, but not Mary. Mary stood outside near the tomb crying. You know, if the authors of the gospels had wanted to tell some fibs in order to make their case of Jesus' resurrection more believable to the readers, they would not have told us that the first person to see the resurrected Christ was a woman. And the reason for that was that the witness or the testimony of a woman wasn't even considered credible in those days. Women weren't even allowed to testify in court. And there was this running theological debate at the time as to whether or not women even had souls. It was a man's world. Women were property, and they were here to serve men. That's it. And it was even considered a waste of time by most to even engage women in conversation. They had no rights, and they were considered ignorant and unreliable. But there you have it. Like I want us to understand this, this is critical. Somebody who was considered subhuman. I mean, questioning whether or not they even had a soul, Jesus raises up and he says, you are gonna be amongst my people, the people that I teach, one of my disciples. Remember that anyone who was a follower of Jesus, anyone who is currently a follower of Jesus is a disciple. Now that's not the same as the office that He offered the 12 disciples that He raised up to give governance over things. But Mary Magdalene was in fact a disciple, a student of Jesus, one who wanted to live life the way Jesus lived life and was committed to becoming more and more like Him. Jesus raised her level of value. Actually, I think it's more appropriate to say that He revealed her value as the Creator that's a beautiful picture. The single most important event to occur in the entire Christian religion is witnessed first by Mary. You know, this event that we talk about, it is the one thing that the entire faith hinges on. It's the one reason that we're focused here this morning. It's that Jesus rose from the dead. And it's a woman who saw and believed in the risen Christ first. She is the one who ran to tell others. And it would have been so easy for the author to just substitute Peter's name for Mary. I mean, they could have said that Jesus was visited first by Peter. That's not what they do. I mean, it certainly would have made it easier to swallow for the people in that day. Certainly easier for them to hear it, easier for them to have read it and believe it. That's not what happened. This is how it happened, and so this is how it's written and preserved for us. No apologies, no lies. And we're told that the rest of the disciples fled, when they fled, sorry, that Mary was one of the few who stood and watched Jesus' entire crucifixion. She stood near the cross. And even though Jesus had told Mary and the rest of the disciples many times that he would have to be crucified and then he would rise up from the dead, they didn't understand fully what he was talking about. And it's interesting that when the tomb is first found empty, neither Mary Magdalene nor any of the other disciples were believers in the resurrected Christ. Not yet. What they thought They thought someone had stolen Jesus' body and put it somewhere else. And so Mary, whose heart had already been shattered because of Jesus' arrest and crucifixion, was even more blown away by the fact that someone had robbed his grave. I mean, talk about adding insult to injury, a cruel joke. Talk about getting salt poured into your wounds. Talk about pain and hurt and feelings of hopelessness. I mean, you got to remember that she had committed so much of her life to Jesus. And now, I mean, she watched him die brutally. And now his body's gone. What kind of hopelessness would she have been feeling at that point? You know, it makes me wonder in terms of, of, of how we relate to the things in the Scriptures. There are so many stories of people and and emotion and and the facts of, of what was taking place in the day and it makes me wonder if we ever really attempt to identify with what's going on. So here's my question. Mary Magdalene was in a place who was very likely afraid, perhaps a little angry, feeling a bit hopeless. Have you ever felt hopeless? Have you ever felt so much pain that you could hardly stand it? So much that you didn't even know if you could go on. The entire world right now is hurting. We're experiencing something that we've never experienced before in our lifetime. And these events even break our hearts and they create anxieties and worry. Is this where you are? I mean, there's so much hatred and bitterness going on in the political arena and in the world stage. It's staggering and we have wars that break out. People are angry, people are afraid, people are crying. There's so much negativity in the world. There are so many anxious, unhappy people. So many of us, even in the midst of all of this, just live life out for ourselves with very little thought for others. You know, we we struggle with things like greed and lust and selfishness and these things, they, they rule our hearts in so many ways. And so we hurt ourselves and we end up hurting other people as well in the process and we miss out on joy and light and love and happiness as a result. Sometimes it seems as if the entire world is standing outside the tomb of their lives crying. And on that Easter morning, Mary Magdalene stood outside near a tomb where they had put Jesus' dead body and she was crying. All her hope had been dashed. The reason for living had been crucified on the cross and now she couldn't even expect anyone to come to her aid. She couldn't even come to pay her respects because someone had stolen Jesus's body. <laughs> or thought, so she thought. So let's look a little closer at the story itself. We're told that Mary cried and, and that she bent down to look into the tomb. This is in John chapter 20, verse. looking at verse uh, 11. It says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And when she does, she sees these two angels dressed in white, seated there where the body of Jesus had been. I mean, look, I mean, I'm, I'm not a terribly intelligent guy, but I, I can say that if I were to look into a tomb where I was expecting to see the body of Jesus and I see these two angels dressed in white, I mean, my mind would just be blown. And I can't even imagine what she would have been thinking, but they respond to her right away. So she's looking in to this tomb and the angels respond to her right away and the angels ask her, woman, why are you crying? I mean, it's like they know something that she doesn't, right? Why are you crying? And she replied, they have taken my Lord and I don't know where they have put him. And then she saw Jesus standing near her, but she didn't recognize him. She thought he was just some gardener and she asked if he had stolen or taken the body. And then we find something awesome that takes place. See, Jesus then at that point, he calls her by name. Mary, he said, and at the sound of Jesus calling her name, Mary turned and saw the resurrected Christ. And she believed and knew that he was alive. Now the word for turned here, for turned, is a similar word to the word conversion. And so you can say here that Mary converted, she had a conversion experience from not believing in the resurrection to believing in the resurrection. She turned, or was turned, from not understanding to a knowing faith. She had come to the tomb that morning to do the well-intended business of taking care of Jesus' dead body. It was an utterly hopeless but loving act. And when she saw that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb, There was no God talk going on. Instead, she ran and told Peter, and she says, they, some mysterious, evil-minded thieves had taken the body from the tomb. No mention of God maybe raising him from the dead. And Peter and the other disciple came running, the disciple John, and they saw and they believed, listen, that the body had been taken, and then they left. And so, unturned, unconverted, Mary wept outside the tomb. And when the angels asked Mary why she was crying, she said, they must have done something, not that God had done something. And then she turned around and she saw Jesus, but still with unconverted eyes and an unconverted heart, she did not recognize him. And so she believed in the presence of a gardener, but she did not yet believe in the presence of a risen Christ. And then she heard something that she's probably heard so many different times in her life, her name. And it was spoken by the risen Christ in order to bring about faith and hope. She turned her face to him, and then she really turned this, this exciting, amazing event, which is exactly what conversion is. She saw, she believed, and now, you ready? She had to tell others. Her life and the life of the other disciples, including the lives of you and me, will never be the same again because of this event. You see, Jesus' resurrection offers new life. What? What? pains and difficulties are you dealing with this morning? Have you been hurt by the negative social and emotional cues given off by the world around you? Are you crying at the tomb of your life? Do you know about the resurrection but struggle to believe it when you see it? And are you like Mary in the garden, staring at Jesus in the face but not recognizing him? Look, if that's you, any of those things, I want you to know this morning that Jesus is calling out to you. He is calling your name. In her case, he says, Mary. In my case, he says, Rob. In your case, insert your name. He's calling out to you. He's calling you to see him by loving your neighbor giving a drink to the thirsty, caring for the least of these. He's calling you to see him by praying for your enemies and turning the other cheek. You see, Jesus' resurrection offers new life. The way we were and the way we are are different. We're not perfect. We don't have it all together. But we honor the one who does and who is. And the one who makes us clean. Romans chapter six, verse four says this. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, we too may live a new life. That's what the resurrection offers us. Christ's resurrection offers new life. And Jesus is calling you and me to leave behind all the things that this life has for us. All the things that hold us captive so that we can follow him. Romans 6, 5 to 6 also says, it says, For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in the resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. When we are made new, we have new life in Christ. And we begin to love in ways that we never even knew were possible. We're turned. And and, and when we turn, look, we, we need to understand that when we turn, all those things from our history, they're They're wiped clean. You know, we we don't have to live in bitterness. We don't have to live in anger. We don't have to live in not even forgiving ourselves. We're made new. And because of that, just like Mary, we run and we tell others. You catch that? We run and we tell others. So we are made new when we accept Jesus Christ. We accept the resurrection truth. You know, if we confess that Jesus is Lord and believe our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And when we are saved, we are made new. We have this new life in Christ. And when we have that, we have this strong, unyielding desire to see other people come to that same level of freedom. And so like Mary, we run and we tell others. And what we're telling them is that he is alive. And because he's alive, you can live. And I can live. That's our hope, our desire. Is that you would find life in Christ, because that is what He offers you. Let's pray, Lord God. I thank you so much for Your Word. I thank you for the truths that we find. Even Lord, with the story of Mary Magdalene, Jesus, that You raise her up. You, You revealed her value when the rest of the world was devaluing her. And so, Jesus, if there's anybody out there right now who feels devalued, who feels as though they're not measuring up, Lord God, would you just impress upon them your love for them, your desire for them, and raise up their understanding of who they are through you, with you, so that they can be free from that hurt, that pain, that bondage. Jesus, I pray that That like Mary Magdalene, that we would turn and we would see you, we would hear you call out to us and we would turn and see you and Lord, we would believe. Jesus said we would confess with our mouths that you are Lord, that we would believe in our hearts that God raised you from the dead so that we may be saved. And then, Jesus, I thank you so much for the marching orders that we are given because like Mary Magdalene, when she turned and saw, she ran to tell others. And so, Jesus, would you help us to be a people that would run to tell others the truth that you are alive. And because you are alive, we can truly live. Amen.